One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Probably about this loud. Maybe louder. Who knows? It's a new year. Might get fired up. It's probably I'm probably gonna get fired up. And it's not because of the show. It's gonna be this is gonna be a text from somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My my sister, brother in law, whoever it is, and I'll just fucking lose it. Nephew. <laughs> 2015 is the year of high-strung Andrew. That's okay. what it is. We're starting out. Hair-trigger Andrew. Out That's the what they're going to call me. <laughs> Real high energy. Just, just, there it is. God. There's the email. Mm, Do you need a minute? Do you want me to start it off? Is it jobs? I have to take this <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. I'm sorry. Jeremy, it's Mark. How's it going? Hello, everybody. This is Episodic Memories. My name is Andrew. Sitting across from me, okay. it's Hollywood Gonzalez. Hollywood Mark Gonzalez. He's taking, he's taking a phone call right as we're about to kick off the show. But, uh, you know, that's fine. 2015 is the year of the year of big time, apparently. But uh, that's okay. We have a lot of things to talk about this week and uh, in episodic memories. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you have a brand new year. And, uh, and the year is going incredibly well for you. It's not going well for me. Here I am, just low man on a totem pole in a fucking two-man podcast, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. We did get a letter here. Let me go ahead and pull that up. Uh, this one is from regarding our last episode where we reviewed Life with Lucy. Uh, this one's from superfan Mike Gonzalez. Mike has this to say. He says, hi, fellas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. As always, love the episode. What other show is reviewing Life with Lucy? Love it. Fantastic. Thanks thanks a lot, Mike. The pages got a little dark and real there, but I can understand how seeing a former star fall to less than mediocrity hurts. I felt the same way when I saw the Globetrotters at the Victorville Fair. The Washington Generals really had to make an effort to lose that game. I'll just leave it at that. Got to give a shout-out to Milkshake, which was mentioned in the episode. I watched all the available episodes, including the outtakes and commentary, and it was really good stuff. Can't wait to see the episodes with Andrew in the mix. I'm all about it. Go team. Super fan, Mike Gonzalez. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, uh, yeah, the pages did get a little dark. Um, uh, Big Shot and I talked a little bit about it. Um, but, uh, no, I agree. I, I think seeing somebody that uh, was on such a pedestal in early television fall down to this kind of schlock is really disappointing. Um I'm glad you watched Milkshake. Uh, uh, for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, Mark and a uh, friend of the show, Philip Atticola, uh, wrote and produced and directed a uh, web series that is currently being posted weekly entitled Milkshake, and uh, I'm very proud to have been a part of it. Uh, hopefully some of the episodes I'm in are coming up, but uh, I encourage all of you to go see it. Uh, just go to YouTube.com. It's a website on the Internet. And type in milkshake, 
web series or milkshake distance signal uh, it should get you to where you're what you're looking for uh it's it's very funny it's very weird but um it, it's uh, it's a it's a really cool project i'm i'm proud to have been a part of and oh well, look at this! Big shot, Big Shot Gonzalez himself has decided to show up. This is incredible. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Mark. What? Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's uh, it's been another episode of Episodic Memories. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you want to email us, botvpodcast at gmail is the email address. Uh, don't have um, an idea what we're doing next week, but uh, you know we're we, we're flexible. We're trying to find stuff out. Mark, do you have anything that you wanted to wanted to add? We're gonna be watching Hot in Cleveland. Oh boy, that's week. exciting! Season two, episode three of Hot in Cleveland. It's gonna be a good time. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, Mark, we're ready to talk about the show. If you want, do we do. I, I I've already I've gone through I've gone through all the. The rigmarole. Do you want to catch me up? <laughs> Read a couple emails. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't have to listen to the show to hear them, I guess. That was that was work. What? That was a work call. I had to take it. And you don't... This isn't work? This isn't work, what we're doing here? This is important. It's important. It's work. It's a lot of work. Yes. Yes. This is work. You're on the clock. Tick tock. Sorry, I didn't realize that, you know, just letting, letting work, you know, taking personal calls. While we're... It's not a personal call. Well, it's personal work. You Figure out how in. much Corey Feldman wants. <laughs> As I was saying, though, um, was home for New Year's, and I like to, I'd like to roll out a little bit of a, a new item mm-hmm. here on, on Episodic Memories before we kick off today. It's something I like to call the punch-up. The punch up. The punch up. Do we have music? Uh, yeah. Let's listen to it now. I like it. It's a shame you spent all the money on this graphics package. Only yeah. you and I can see it. It's cool. Like it's it's like yeah. rotates and there's. It's playing the Beatles. I don't know if we can Looks clear. like there's a fireball in there. I don't know. It's That's, strange. I don't know if we're going to be able to. A dragon is now eating a script. Is that. I, I don't is, know what that is. Is this a Marines commercial? I, I'm kind of confused now. No. But uh, I got pitched a couple ideas, uh, a couple really great story ideas, but I think that they can use a punch up. So I'd like to. I'd people like, came up to you. People came up to me. And they, they were like, you're Andrew from... From Episodic from Memories. I know that Best voice. of the best. Yeah. And they said, Andrew, I've got a great idea for a story, and I want to pitch it to you. But you and I, mm-hmm. we're going to take that idea, and we're going to craft it into something oh, okay. a lot better. We're going to punch okay. it up. The punch up. So it's called the punch up. Okay? So here is... And I recorded it, too. I recorded the, the people coming up to me. Okay. Well, specifically, one person came up to me. That I recorded. Yes. I mean, the thousands of people oh, were just really, coming yeah. up to me. But I'm going to play it for for you now. We'll, we'll, this is the first time I'm hearing this. We'll listen to a couple of these, and I think I think we'll be able to. You'll see where I'm going. We'll okay. be able to generate. So take their nugget, their kernel of a great idea, and make it even to just into a greater idea. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. So here's the first one. You have another story? Can you tell me a scary story? The, 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 
the disappearing Jesus. Yeah. Well, once upon a time, there was a disappearing Jesus, and then, and then he was, and then he disappeared, and then he came back to life. The end. Wow, that's pretty scary. So, wow, there's one. That's okay. So the disappearing Jesus. The disappearing Jesus. Now, what what do you think we can do with this? First off, so he disappeared. Now let's just let's get the basics down. Here, here's what we know, and we can't throw out. Okay. Once upon a time, yes, there was a Jesus. That's correct. And he disappeared. Yeah. And he dis he reappeared. He came back, and then he died. Well, he died, and, and then, then he, he came, came back. back. Yes. The end. That's correct. So we've got a character. We've got actions. Yeah. Here's my thing. Religious films don't do terribly well in the in the states. Mm-hmm. So I think we should turn it into the disappearing Jesus. Oh, it's about a first generation generation American mm-hmm. um, who disappears mm-hmm. from his old life when he goes to the military reappears in his old life when he gets dishonorably discharged hmm. and then he dies and then he doesn't come back. Oh, so you're just removing that whole plot. Twist. Yeah. The end. Well, I was thinking that maybe instead of like taking it literally as a Jesus that disappears, maybe it's like a man who's lost his faith kind of follows um, the same trend that Jesus did where yeah. he dis you know, he's, he dies and his faith dies. Maybe we like put it against the background of like a, um, maybe like a sports team that's doing really poorly. So like he's like a bookie. Okay, here it is. Okay, he's a bookie that has lost his faith, and he's got to make the big score because he owes a lot of money. Because mm-hmm. like in in the process, he's he's like lost his faith, so he's turned to God. And like let's say it's the it's the Eagles. Or if we're let's do baseball, it's the Padres. Okay. Yeah. So the Padres do really shitty, and then they rebound, and they like return from the grave. Right. And so does his faith, because mm-hmm. God willed it for the Padres <laughs> to do well. So, which is the only way the Padres are going to do well is the Padres do well. Yeah. And he is able to get this money, so he can get out of debt, and right. then he becomes like a man of the cloth or something like that. Okay. He becomes like the maybe he's like the team chaplain. He's been betting on games. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. All right. So maybe that's the disappearing Jesus. So let's. I'm gonna play another one. Okay. I'm gonna play another one. Let's see. Let's see if what we can do with this next one. I'd like to hear about the Mad Mad Ghost. Mad Mad. Well, this is, this guy had a mad mad and that killed Spider Man. Once upon a time, there was a guy in his room, and the Mad Mad Ghost came to get him. They tried to kill him. But he was too fast. They tried to swipe him, but 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 he was but he was too large to get swiped. He tried to carry him away, but but he was too big. The end. Wow. Where do you, how do you come up with your stories? Well, I use a lot of ideas. Where do you get where do you get your ideas from? Just anywhere? Um, I got them for myself. That's pretty. That's a pretty good place to get your ideas. 
Where where does imagination where, come from? Where does it come from? It's hard to say. It's no from, one really knows. I, I appreciate the fact that he's so bold in saying, it's me. Yeah. It's my, these are my ideas. You got to do the work. I do it. I, yeah. I'm doing the heavy lifting here. So now we have this, this pitch. The mad, mad ghost. The mad, mad ghost. Apparently he's fighting Spider-Man, if I, if I heard correctly. Yeah. Um. I don't know if Marvel's going to be, or, or I, I guess it's it's Sony that it's would still own. So, Sony still has the rights. I don't know if Sony's going to be willing to open up that franchise yeah. so much to like an outside. I mean, this would be a brand new character. I don't know if if, if is the Mad Mad Ghost in the he's non canon in, in the in the Rogues Gallery. Yeah, no. You know, I I think maybe we could pitch it because it sounds it's a pretty it's like imagine this here's Spider Man swinging through New York City and there's this like ghost this mad mad, mad, mad ghost, ghost that's just like wrecking shit yeah I would, how is spider-man gonna fight a ghost i would say look here are here are our options we already did green goblin like four times yeah in the six spider three five spider-man movies that have come out we've done electro rhino like we're already digging you're scraping in, the bottom of the, the barrel. We're in the we're in the drags. It's either going to get worse, or we could come up with an all new, fully owned character that Sony owns. Yeah, you know they don't have to worry about buying the rights or any of that. Yeah, because let's say Spider Man, you know, goes back to Disney. Guess who? Guess who? Guess still who's owns, not coming with him? Yeah, yeah, Mad Mad Ghost. That's Mad all Ghost. Sony. Spin that off. Do a whole line of Mad Mad Ghost movies. Yeah, Mad Mad Ghost goes and fights like the Men in Black. Right. Yeah. So he's fast. Yeah. He's big uh well the mad mad ghost tried to fight spider-man yeah spider-man was too fast and he was too big to be swiped oh so it's a little anticlimactic i will say that so i think in the third act maybe we can punch it up i don't know maybe the mad mad ghost like gets aunt may maybe that's what you do i was gonna say kidnaps aunt may and so now she's neither fast nor large yeah so he might not be able to swipe spider-man yeah because of the fast and large but he can definitely swipe aunt may yeah the ones he loves so then Spider-Man has to go in and like the third act is like kind of a haunted house kind of thing. It's like paranormal activity meets like a superhero movie. Or we do like a Frighteners where Spider-Man has to die. Ooh. And go and like fight him in hell. Yeah. Fight him on the ghost realm. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, sounds good. That's pretty good. Right. He like can't hurt him unless he goes and fights unless him on he's his all, own. Yeah. So he has to enlist. Existence. Or he pays the ghost sniper. Ooh. Ooh. All right, now this. Now we're getting it. Andrew's write, pulling out the let me notebook. Go write this down here. Okay, so we have one more idea. One so this more is idea one more from another fan. These are all separate fans. Or? I, I yes, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm thinking about, like, I'm kind of looking for a story that's like with a ghost, like. If I'm going to tell someone else's story, maybe get some money out of it, like, ghost stories are pretty big right now. So, you got anything with, like, a ghost? I have another ghost story. This is called the Disappearing Madding Monster! That killed each other. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Sora, and there was a bad, bad boy named Burton. I looked to hit. They did not, not, not like each other. So they hit it and and battled and crawled and hit it and battled and crawled and kidded and they did not like each other. 
and then I changed it on crazy and then I did not work it. <gasps> and then I was hitting each other embarrassing like this, but I was messing up her hair and then I killed each other and then and then I killed Crescent. He was dead. The end. I'm noticing that there isn't like a there isn't like a ghost specifically in that story. Like, is there was there a ghost or was it just two people fighting? There were not people. There were they were ghosts that didn't like each other. So the ghosts were fighting, and then a ghost the ghost died. Mark, I'm gonna say hell of a twist. Yeah, you you're watching these people fight the whole time, and then you pull back to reveal they were, they were all they, they were, were always they dead. were always ghosts. Yeah, and then the ghost dies. Yeah, I love that actually. So we got it, it Sora reminds, and Braxton, Brooklyn, Br- something like that. <laughs> and they didn't like each other. Now, mm-hmm. now, here's the thing, Mark. I'm gonna say right now, clear character motivations. They don't like they each other. don't like each other, and they're gonna fight. And Braxton's gonna mess up Sora's hair, which is That's, a real shitty thing to the do. The thing is, I was on Braxton's side the whole time, and then and then when he messes up the hair, you go, "Oh my god, oh, he's gone too oh far." My god, this is now he's re- removed his humanity even further. Right. So I even think though we, he's a ghost, I think we stay with Braxton the yeah. whole for the whole like first half, and then once he does the hair muss, you're like, "Oh no." Oh. I was rooting for the villain the whole he's time. Gone, you think he's that's gone rogue. You think that's the twist that you were rooting for the villain the whole time. No. But, but then, then you, you find, find out, out they were ghosts. They were ghosts, they the, were whole ghosts the whole time. So I th- I say we've set it in like the like 19 late 1980s and okay. have it be like a American spy versus a Russian spy type thing. Yeah. And they're all they're sniping each other and so and then you realize, oh no. They just, they killed each other in the in the 80s yeah and now they're just now they're, they just doomed to fight each other doomed forever. to fight each other because yeah. hate that's what hate does yeah that's good that's good stuff uh i also think that it reminded me a lot of the third hobbit movie it's just, just a just big, a 45 minute just uh, now two and a half hour more fight people, scene there's now there's more people fighting apparently and somehow the elf army or the the the, the dwarf army? No, the orc army gets to counted like four times in the yeah. Battle of the Five Armies. It's it's fucking it's bullshit. It's all right. Bad movie. Head count. Orcs. Dwarves. Man. Some humans. Elves. How many is that? That's four at the kind most. Kind of. Because I count them men. Yeah. With I would say yeah, I'd say that's a point five. There's yeah. like there's like thirty dudes, thirty men, but yet they're counted as an army, and that's four. Yeah. But it's a Battle of Five Armies. It's ridiculous. It's dumb. It's 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 rid- ridiculous. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that was we the could, punch up. That was the punch up. Everybody. Can we get the graphic again, but not the audio. Put the punch up. Yeah, I love that graphic. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it took me days. It's I a shame to, you guys I can't see that. Farmed it out and everything. Yeah. Oh man, the server render. You know, server farms took weeks to put that together. That's the thing. That the work itself was done. In a couple of in like a couple of hours, yeah. But the pure computing power necessary, mm-hmm. staggering. It's it's literally as much as a Pixar film. The first few Pixar films yeah. in that one graphic. Wow. It's it's impressive in, in in my mind. It's in 4K. I can tell. Yeah, you had to buy. You can only view it on those curved 
televisions, the 4K TVs. I mean, if you want to if you want to watch it on a flat screen or whatever, like yeah, it won't play. You get a broken player just, image. <laughs> it breaks your television. Yeah, it it cracks the screen. Well, we're talking about episodic memories, however, Mark. Even though the, the, the punch up just happened, you got punched. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, write in and tell us whose punch-up you liked more, uh, Team Andrew, Team Mark, go ahead and just let us know. Send us an email. Uh, this week, however, on Episodic Memories, we are talking about Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. More like my dating life. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, this fucking guy. He knows. So sad. Look at this. So sad. Look at this. He's not laughing because he knows, but he knows. Mark, we're talking about Mission Impossible. Yes, the 1960s television series. Mission Impossible. Episodic Memories, if you haven't heard it before. Sounds like a big mess, I know. But (laughs) the two of us are watching an episode of a show that we've never seen before. And it's a random show in the run. And we're going to try and figure out what the fuck's going on in this show. Mission Impossible, this week's... This week's tour du jour force, um, deus ex machina. That sounds better. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what do we know about Mission Impossible? Uh, this was a very popular TV series in the 1960s into the 70s. Uh, it's basically about this super secret covert government organization we assume they work for the U.S. government, right? I don't know if they... They work for the Impossible Mission Force. That's correct. Um, they get... Every episode basically starts with, here's your mission. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Go do it if you want to. But, like, don't... But, you know, if uh, you know if you're feeling up to it, I guess. Yeah. Like, don't... No skin off my back if you well, don't. Well, this is America, so everybody has a choice. So you can do it if you don't. Yeah. You don't have to do it, but... Mark, I'll say right now, the only I'm only really terribly experienced with Mission Impossible via the movies. The movie series. And even uh, past the first the, one, they really got away from the television, like the core of the TV series. Yeah. Also the awful uh, Nintendo 64 video game. Yes, that one was really bad. That was... They didn't want... A certain group of people thought like, oh, it's going to be like GoldenEye. No. No. Not in the, not Absolutely in the least. Absolutely not. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so watching this, I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I guess I can kind of see it, I, I guess. Um, where, when does he take the gum? And he goes, green stick, red stick. Yeah, red light, green light. And then he slams it on the aquarium. When does that happen? Because I didn't see that. Sadly, that does not happen in this one. Mark, well, let's dive right in and discuss Mission Impossible in a segment we call, Hey, 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 hey What's, what's going, going On Here? Hey, 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 what is going on here? Mark, I'll tell you right now, Mission Impossible. So many great drops on this show. So many great drops. Mission Impossible debuted on CBS on September 17th, 1966, and ran until 1973. Mm -hmm. And then, like the disappearing Jesus, got two more seasons on ABC from 1988 until 1990. So they... 1990 this show was on? They resurrected it for two more seasons. Who was... They only brought back Peter Graves. It's the only person that was brought back. Okay. 
This show was created by Bruce Geller, who wrote for Have Gun, Will Travel, and The Rifleman, and he was a co-executive producer on Rawhide. And the episode, Rawhide. The episode that we watched today was the Season 3, Episode 7 episode, The Elixir, which Elixir. aired on November 24th, 1968. It was directed by John Floria, mm-hmm. who, uh, interestingly enough, I was reading his... Uh, I was reading his obituary. Uh, Mr. Floria was originally a lifetime... Or no. <laughs> this is interesting. He survived by his two it's daughters. Interesting. interesting. So, that's interesting. Please send cards and little flowers. Yeah. Uh, originally a Life magazine photographer, and then later directed episodes of Sea Hunt, Chips, MacGyver, Dukes of Hazard, a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. and Mission Impossible. And uh, this episode, The Elixir, the Elixir, was written by Max Hodge, who wrote for shows like The Girl from Uncle, Chips, and, interestingly enough, he is the creator of Mr. Freeze. He, for the Batman. He wrote for the uh, Batman series, TV series and created Mr. Freeze. That's interesting. So, there you go. Kind of, I guess. I guess. But then it wasn't until the animated series that Mr. Freeze really. actually became any good, right? Yeah, because most of it was just like... Freeze puns. Yeah, and like, chill out. Ice to meet you. Cool down. To Kona phrase. Um, a chip off the old ice block. Hit the nose. Uh, <laughs> Do it spin. That's a good <laughs> that's trick. That's a good trick. So, okay, kind of like... That you, I think, based on the the writer and the director and all of that, you have an idea, and the creator, you have yeah. an idea of like what this show is going to be. It's going to be probably kind of a procedural in that '60s style. Uh, first impressions, right off the bat, I was shocked by the lack of dialogue. Yes, in this show, it's a very quiet show. Not a lot of music. Just a lot of doing stuff. A lot of looks. A lot of looks. Like, a lot of looks. Yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, like, frame one, the thing everyone knows about the show. This is the thing everybody knows about the show. Kick-ass opening sequence. The, the opening sequence. Yeah. Light the fuse, and then the theme song kicks in, and all we're seeing is this fuse burning down while we're seeing shots of the episode we're about to watch. Yeah. And then... Like title card, uh, so we open up with Peter Graves going into some um, nerd's computer nest. He just shows up and he's like, "No, it's like a projection booth." Yeah, I know, but it's a bunch of. It's like this nerd is in there and he's got a bunch of computers. <laughs> he's, and he's at like, the AV club. I'm here to see the special viewing. Yeah. And this nerd's like, "Oh, let me. I gotta set it up. Okay, let sir. me go get the VCR. I gotta wheel it in." Uh, I don't know if Mrs. Henderson's done with it yet. She's she's got. A they were bio. gonna show their a class on STDs. <laughs> she's got her bio class happening right now. What we call French diseases. Uh, so then Peter Graves, who's playing Agent Jim Phelps, uh, sits down and, and uh, it's yeah, it turns from like nerd cave into like private viewing room because this like big curtain opens up. And, yeah, I was a little confused. Yeah, it's like what is this room anyway? Uh, we. And this is, like, all of these things are, this show is so regimented. 
all of these things happen in basically every episode. I assume. I don't know if he's always going to the same theater. No, it changes slightly, but this is he gets his briefing. Yeah. This disembodied voice, a tape starts playing, and this disembodied voice kind of narrates while the screen is showing pictures of a couple things. And so this voice tells Peter Graves that uh, this woman, Reva, Reva, <laughs> I'm, do I need more Reva? More Reva in my life? See, like... Malibu Country is, doesn't have enough for Eva. Yeah, no, I need more Reva. Uh, this woman is, uh, her husband was the president of a fake, I guess, Central American country. Seemed like it, yeah. Named San Cordova. He's dead, and now she's on the verge of, of like, essentially taking over in a coup. And Yeah, they know that she wants to announce that she's the ruler. Right. Right. But other forces in the country want free elections. Mm -hmm. So IMF uh, needs to go in and somehow stop her from uh, instituting a dictatorship in in San Cordova. Uh, And then the the tape self-destructs. This is the other thing. There's just a puff of white smoke. This thing happens and then then the tape destructs. Then we go to... um, Peter kind of farting around in his apartment. In his apartment, yeah. Which, uh, also weird handheld. Like, uh, like it's, the cameras, it's, yeah, kind it's of. It's just some camera operator's just kind of dicking around. He's like, are we, where are we setting this up? Do we, are we, is it here? Should I? Oh, we were rolling oh. the whole time? Oh, boy. Okay. Peter flips through his docket of. Uh, he gets a dossier. He gets, yes, he gets this uh, packet of agents that he can take onto his mission, and he flips and puts the pictures of the agents he's going to bring with them. But they're all, like, weird, I guess because they're spies. Like, you, you want to want to just put a bunch of headshots, right? They're, like, hidden in magazine covers. Is that, is that what it was? I don't know. It was weird. I, it, I was kind of confused on this, too. I think it was supposed to be, like, if somebody else intercepted this, they'd be like, oh, this is just a weird Thing of collection magazines. of magazines that this guy gets. Because they've got, like, the strong guy yeah. who would go on to be... Norbert in um, Police Squad. I recognize that guy right away. Yeah. But not not O.J. Simpson. Not O.J. Simpson. No, yeah, the show Police Squad. Yeah, that guy's there. Yeah. Martin Landau is like on a movie magazine, and it's like Man of a a Million Faces. Man of a Million Faces. He doesn't do the faces thing in this one. No, but he's like a master of disguise. Yeah. Then there's like a plastic surgeon, and uh, uh, then there's an actress... Yeah. Candy. Cinnamon. Yeah. And then uh, there's uh, another guy, Ed. Yeah, who's like, he seemed like the tech genius, I guess. I guess, yeah. He's the one in the van. Yeah. That's basically all it is. So now Jim has got his... Uh, his, his crew. His crew. Now, I like, did a little bit of research. Okay. Apparently, in the first two or three episodes, uh, initially, he would get... Jim would get this dossier, and instead of it being the five people that he's going to bring on his mission, or four, or however mm-hmm. many it is, there would be like ten people, and he would look through and pick out who he wanted. Yeah. And I just wonder how that would keep going without it being a joke, to where <laughs> like he would pick it up and you would see like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> you know, like it would be just like think on it. And it like, would be like oh. the Love Boat or something, where you'd have like a big name star, and he'd be like. Am I going to go, you know, am I going to go with Crazy Legs, uh, Roy Action Jackson? <laughs> nah, no, not this pass, time. Pass. And you're like, ah, we got to be on Action Jackson. 
But now uh, Jim has got his team set, and like then we get real late credits. Yeah. Basically, like that entire scene was the opening of the show, and that happens basically in every episode. Yeah. That's that. This is the format. So now uh, he meets. So with this- how much of this show gets eaten up between like credits and the same like rote thing? They- Probably like. 10 minutes of I the was show? Reading, I was reading that they would pre-shoot all of the, um, like, the gym sitting in the... Yeah, because that's just VO. the theater stuff, and then they would just, uh, they would, uh, you know, chroma in the pictures and the stuff he was looking at. Yeah. And they, would, they wouldn't even know, like, what, you know, they wouldn't know until the episode aired what that stuff was used for. They would recycle those shots as well. Yeah. Which just blows my mind. It's like, if you're going to do that, then just cut it out like don't use it <laughs> anymore don't use but it. it's 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 like so essential to the show you can't really not yeah like that's what the show is, is it's like, iconic you know good morning mr phelps uh, you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so peter meets with his crew and he says that reva this person this did dictator, we say peter graves plays jim phelps yes that's the correct. star of the so show i will use those interchangeably okay. it's either peter graves or it's jim phelps i peter graves <laughs> and i would like to join <laughs> thank you parts the clonosaur i i would like to sign up for classes here at the university <laughs> of wisconsin uh reva uh the dictator like they're trying they're like laying out this plan a little bit but you as the audience don't really know what the plan is they've got like a stencil and they're saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're kind of going to do this. And you're just trying to the pick up The plastic surgeon's like, I'll do this, this, and this. Yeah. He's like, silicon injections and laser surgery so there will be no marks. And you're like, well, what are they going to... I'm watching and I'm like, okay. they're Because the way that they lay out the plan, you don't know what the plan actually is. So I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to turn Candy, the, the actress, yeah. into Reva. Yes. And then she's going to announce that she's not going to be the president or something like that. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Stick around to find out if that's what happens. Uh, He, uh, but in in order to like tease everyone, he announces at the end of the scene, he's like, uh, Reva is a person who wants total power. She wants two things. She wants, uh, she wants two things, total power and eternal beauty. We'll offer her the chance for both. Which... Where did this eternal beauty stuff come from? I don't did know. They cover it's, that, it's, it or is was, he just making a big assumption on this woman? Like, it it plays into it. This this show like kind of plays at candy. It's like you know what I'm talking about. This show kind of plays like a Twilight Zone, basically. Yes, where yes. you know somebody's downfall is you know that their character flaw is their massive downfall. Well, as I was watching the show. I quickly realized that like this could be read as we're following the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is uh, we're not. Uh, that's what I was wondering. I was like, San Cordova is its own country. Like, yeah. Do does we, what? What obligation does IMF or the United States have to? I mean, what rights? What obligation do they have to go in and the depose Monroe, the Monroe, Monroe Doctrine? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Ugh. So, uh, so the team mounts up and heads to San Cordova, San Cordova, the, which like the one house in San Cordova. This was looks, a really low rent. This was a cheap episode. It looked like because it looked San Cordova again. It's a fictional country. It could look like anything, but apparently it looks an awful lot like San Clemente. Yeah, or it looks as like a far north like as a driveway in uh, in the hills somewhere. Yeah, it looks like Southern California. So we cut to Riva as she's talking with an advisor, Avia, mm-hmm. and she says that she wants to speak before the elections in San Cordova. 
Uh, Avia though knows that uh, she's up to some shit, so he's like, uh, "Hey, look, I will give up my life to prevent you from stopping these elections." Yeah. So, like, cut the shit, okay? So you get an idea that Riva is the good guy who wants democratic elections in right. this country, and Riva is this. Avia wants. Yeah, Avia wants right. democratic elections, and Riva is going through some skullduggery. She wants to take over and assume power. Yeah, that's what's happening. Uh, uh, Jim Phelps shows up in the world's largest car. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> and he comes rolling up to the presidential palace and he hands over a forged letter. And this letter is supposedly in the handwriting of the, the president who just died. Yeah. Saying that Phelps and his crew are members of a documentary. A film crew. A film crew that's going to show up and make a documentary of, um, like a tour of the presidential palace that's right. supposed to be hosted by Riva. Riva. Which... I only know this from Mad Men, but apparently this was a thing that happened. This is like a popular thing to watch no, in the just, 60s. Just these walk-around tours of, of famous places? Walk-around tours of, like, the White House. Like, mm-hmm. Jackie O did a famous one, but then they would do it at Buckingham Palace yeah. or whatever country you could think of. They are like, let's see what the royalty lives like in these other countries. So there's a precedent for this i guess reva looks over the letter and she sees uh she doesn't smell anything wrong with it she says the handwriting is her husband's so she says yeah okay fuck it yeah come in let's yeah. shoot a thing um uh so he uh they they come in candy is going to host this documentary thing peter right. graves is the the director the muscle guy and the tech guy are playing the camera operators and like the guys in the truck yeah the tech guys <laughs> So those are the only four members of the crew that are there right now. Like, where's Landau? Where's yeah. that plastic where's the surgeon? Plastic guy? surgeon. We don't know. The muscle. We cut to the muscle running some cables poorly. Now <laughs> I would note, <laughs> Mark. I don't know if you know this. Uh, you know this, but I don't know if the listeners know this. That like crew members, especially guys in in grip and electric, they take so much pride in running cables correctly. Yeah, and they lose their shit. If cables aren't run correctly. Run it along the wall, not just like snaking all through under you tables want, you tape, where anybody you gotta can tape trip it over down. It. You got to yeah. put like a, put something over it. One of those yellow jack things. Yeah. So that you don't trip and rip <sighs> out Whatever it is, this guy is just, just, just throwing, throwing cables just everywhere. Just wherever Whatever. the fuck, you know, okay, okay, Here's here, a little over great. there. Probably won't need this. I'll just put just it in the bathroom. Whatever. Let me go and just snake it. I'll yeah. tie it in a knot. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine, everybody. Uh, then he swaps out a book. There's a book on a on a desk. He swaps it out for a fake one that he has. Right. Don't and, know what's in either book. Why he did it? Yeah. Don't know. And this this is one of these scenes that just goes on. It's like it's very. It's just we're just watching him run this cable poorly, and I'm just losing my mind. I'm just like someone's gonna yell at you. God, see this, and I would sniff these guys out. If that if I was if I was Riva. I would have said these cables are. Just gonna put cables wherever you want. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. And then when. Then I'd be like, oh, my God, they're spies. <laughs> so anytime you've been on a set and you've seen somebody pour, putting down cables incorrectly. I think they're like, a spy. I think they're Russians. a spy. Hey, comrade. <laughs> they look up. Oh, <sighs> shit. <clears throat> Raul, Riva's assistant and implied lover, correct? Heavily implied lover. Uh, is worried about all the cameras. Riva says that she wants the advisor from before, so uh, Avia to think that there is a documentary taking place. So when she brings in her own crew, 
there to, won't be any questions. There won't be any questions. When she get, brings in a crew to televise her speech about taking over the world yeah. or the country, then she won't raise any suspicion. So they're setting up for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, these IMF team members are like laying these breadcrumbs around for Riva to listen to or to overhear so that they can kind of get her into their trap. Yeah. So as they're setting up for this uh, walkthrough of the presidential palace, Riva overhears a conversation about how old Candy is supposed to be versus what she actually looks like she is. She mentions, Candy mentions that she did work in the theater. And she's, yes. And, and that she she's says, used to like doing long form stuff. And Riva says like, oh, you're, you're, you've worked in the theater. And she says, oh yes, for 50 50- and then she like gets really worried. Yeah, and then I mean, she walks away a few years, and, and then, then she walks away. And Peter it. Graves walks over and is like, "Did did you listen to the doctor's instructions?" Yeah. As they're like very loudly whispering, "Do you need about, your medication?" No, we can do this. Uh, and then uh, the actress then looks the candy. Then as they're shooting this thing, it's like, mm. "Oh, look at this wonderful one corner of this room with this yeah. desk." <laughs> what a beautiful desk. <laughs> Uh, let's take a look at this uh, book at random that's yeah. on this this bookshelf. And she takes the doctored book out and she opens it up specifically to the page that is now is a dummied page of a picture of herself Which in I, it. I love the idea of this documentary. I, I guess this is the kind of thing that um, California's... Treasures would do, I guess. California Gold. California so Gold. Hauser would, would be. Let's now look at this I mean, book. Let's, let's go ahead and open up this book and let's, let's just start reading. What is this? Let's this get is this camera this around is here. In, to show this book. This is incredible. incredible. Now you say this book was produced when? Now there are the pages the, are bound together. Yeah. And they're supposed to be read in sequential order. Yeah, the Da Vinci That's, Code. It, Came out in like 2005, I oh guess. Oh my goodness. Well, Tom Hanks is in this book. This is incredible. No, this, well, that's, oh my goodness. <laughs> there's pictures in this book. Well, I yeah, that's the, that's no, the novelization of the movie, actually. Oh my. Oh, there's and there's puzzles in the back. That's wonderful. So <laughs> she's flipping through the book. She and come, wouldn't you know it? Oh my goodness. There's a picture of Candy in the book. And Circa. so Candy like flips out. No, we don't know this yet. Yeah. Candy flips out and she's like, ah, I, I'm sick. Cut, I gotta go. Cut. I gotta go. I gotta go. She puts her finger down her throat and it pukes. All over the desk and they're like, keep rolling, keep rolling. This is all good. It's all this is so all good. good stuff. This is the stuff we want. <laughs> go mark this. Mark this. Mark scene. this. Are mark you guys scene. getting this? Um, huh? She, yeah. <laughs> Fire everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks yeah, good. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, great. Peter Graves says they'll finish the shoot after dinner. Reva then goes back into the book and finds this uh, doctored picture as well. And she's like, oh, my goodness. Because the date from the picture is like 1912. Yes. Uh, so then Implying that's... Implying that Candy, who looks to be... I mean, to me, she looks like a late 30s. Yeah. She's is actually in her more, more 80s. Yeah. So that's the end of Act 1. Act 2 shows up. Uh, and uh, Oh, look who's here. Act it's, 2. It's Act 2. Good to see you. What's up? Martin Landau is now rolling in as Dr. Marson. Yeah. And uh, this is supposed to be Candy's doctor that is supposed to come look after um, uh, Candy, I guess, because did, did you take your pills? Yeah. 
Uh, and I've got here San Cordova security sucks because basically it's, it's one guy with like a crossbuck yeah. and they're like, uh, oh, you're a doctor that's supposed to go up to the presidential palace. That sounds fine. Yeah, that's fine. So then he rolls up there as well. Reva takes the bait on the book and then she shows off this picture. She's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This The date is like 1912. This would make this woman almost 70 years old. Yeah. Reva goes up to go ask Candy about it. When she opens the door, Candy's there. She looks like a really old woman. Yeah. And then she or a looked, woman with really old makeup on. I guess that's true, too. Yeah. She she looked like, uh, what's his name from Prometheus? <laughs> Guy Pierce. Yes. <laughs> she looked like... Candy the, gestures to an audience that may or may not have been standing there. right there. Because yeah. she's a hologram. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. How does she know that the word's going to be? Or she was just playing with some Elmer's glue and doing that thing that she did when you were a kid where you'd like squeeze it onto your hand yeah, on your and arm like, and yeah, then you and peel you, it off and it looks like your skin you're like yeah. molting you're like oh look at that it's ah. gross reva then goes and talks to dr marson who is walter um, or martin landau and uh she says candy's an old bat so what's the deal here yeah but martin landau says nah <laughs> he's like i was just up there she's a very fine young young lady what? in fact i'll prove it to you Candy shows up and she's like young and this is all I am young and vibrant and taut and everything is where it should be. Yeah. Don't ask any other questions. Reva demands They're to know real the real and they're fantastic. Yes. Reva <laughs> demands to know the secret of as to what's going on. And uh Dr. Landau here says that it's like lasers and silicon and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Landau says, All right, you caught it rolls us. Rolls over pretty quickly. You caught us. Candy is like we there's a whole fucking process to it, but she's seventy and we can make her look thirty. Yeah. Is Re- there a difference between this and vampirism? Probably not. I you know, I think that's what the I think that's what the show's trying to imply here. Yeah. Am I a doctor? Yes. <laughs> Do I know everything about the occult? Definitely. Are they are these two bits of information related? Could be. <laughs> Reva says she wants this surgery. The team's like well, like, oh, guess it, if right. you want it, but like, I don't know. I mean, I'm at this point. You're like, well, first off, fuck off, film crew. Yeah, something big just came across the plate. <laughs> like, I don't really care about your documentary, so you could go. You could leave my country right now. Yeah, get out. And I'm gonna keep the doctor because that's all that matters. But yeah. for some reason, she's thinking of these five white people, plus plus the one token black guy I yeah guess. as the same people i guess <laughs> i don't know it's, does she think that landau is paid by the network i don't know it's weird it's she's just like you're gonna stay here and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna give me the surgery and martin landau says well uh, if we're gonna do it i can only do it tomorrow in the morning so if you got other shit you got to do like i'm booked through the rest of the year because apparently a lot everybody's of everybody's got this everybody wants this shit that i'm, yeah. I'm dishing out and so Reva says, all right, fine. I'm going to tape my speech in the morning where I announce I'm going to take over the country. Then I'm going to get this surgery, and then we'll air the speech tomorrow night. Sounds great. <sighs> uh, then uh, we cut to a scene that goes on forever where the two techs, the strong guy and the black guy? Can I say that? I think you mean the black oh, God. guy. Uh, mess with an outlet. Mess with an we outlet. see them just screw and unscrew this outlet and run a cord through it, but it takes forever. I'm just like, I get it. I get it. All right? You're running a cord. You're stealing the feed from one of the cameras. Yeah. That's effectively all also, they're doing. Also, who's, who's linking up uh, 
camera equipment to a fucking wall outlet. <laughs> Come on, guys. Use your fucking brains. Well, you got a lunchbox. You plug it into the box, okay? You don't. You don't want to pull that wall. off of wall power, yes. Jesus, because you could really, you, you could, could really do some harm there. Yeah, you could blow the whole house up effectively, or ruin your equipment. Let's say there's a surge on that end. Yeah. What? Use your brains. Why? Why'd you kick why'd me? You kick me? Where's your brain at? Why'd you kick? Where's me? your brain at? Mooner. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. So counting on the fact that everybody is as bad at running camera <laughs> equipment as the strong man. Yes. Dr. Landau then goes off and buys a car that looks exactly like the presidential limo and but it's the wrong it's a different color. Right. So he's like, "Oh, I'm looking for a nice car. I'll buy this fucking limo." Reba talks with her military advisor about seizing control I, right after she gives her speech. I think Landau's line to the car salesman is I was hoping for something bigger. Yeah. And then you see the car and it's like it's as big as your bedroom. Yeah, it's a big car. It's probably like 25 feet long. <laughs> He's like, eh, hmm, we, could we, like, bolt something on? Can we put another car on top of this car? Ooh, stack them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, triple-decker. I want to be able to fit under zero drive-thru. <laughs> that's, that's all I want. No over freeway overpasses. Nothing will be able to go over this car. <laughs> Reva talks with her military advisor about seizing control right after she gives her speech, and then the two techs are fucking around with this podium for this speech. Yes. And Raul, the advisor from before, comes in and catches one of them. <gasps> oh, no. Shit, I need a three and a half minutes to think. Let's act, go to commercial. Act three, the tech tells Raul some story about needing to check, like, a cathode ray tube. Yeah. And it's all real formal. This this is what was frustrating to me about this. So, like, this is, this is like, the first time that, that there they is get caught. any kind of resistance to the plan. Yeah. And some dude is like, hey, what are you doing in here? And this guy's like, oh, I need to check the cathode ray tube on this thing. And it's all technical jargon. I'm, I'm getting interference from the cathode ray And the, And Raul's like, fuck, it, fuck whatever. it, whatever. Just, are you done in here? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, it's money later. And that's it. Yeah. And you're just like, what, what is this? That's all the drama you get today. Also, and I was, I have written here, I'm like, play a character for fuck's sake. Like. You kind of want, all right. So let's let's refer to Die Hard, okay? Yeah. So there's a scene where John comes across Hans, and um, he's like, "Hey, who are you? who are you?" And Hans puts on this American accent and starts doing this weird Clay. character. Yes, exactly. And you kind of oh god, you're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of want um, uh, you want this guy to play like. Oh, wouldn't you fucking know it? There's got cords all over the place. This guy, this fucking tech they got yeah. with me, can't run a cord for a just. He can't uh, the, can't yeah. find an a, his ass with a hole in the ground. Can't you know, what whatever. However you want you to want, say it. You want Bill Murray in uh, Ghostbusters two, where they're like digging into the ooze. Yeah, Do you no. Remember well, this? he's and the he's cops not, come. He's not Bill... in, he's not in that scene. Unfortunately, it's it's only the three. He's at dinner with. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. No, 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 no. This is earlier. Oh. This is way earlier. And the cops come and Bill Murray's like, we're from Con Ed. And the guy says, I just talked to Con Ed. And he looks at him and he's like, I got a gas main down there. <laughs> That's what I want. Yes, yeah. exactly. You're digging in the wrong I'm spot. Sorry. God. That's what I want. Instead, yeah. it's this weird formal conversation. And you're just like, what, what is this show? The spy who's talking like a spy. Yeah. You want it. Yeah. 
The plastic surgeon now rolls up to the tell, estate. Yeah, what What are you, my wife coming in here giving me that grief? <laughs> With you busting my balls. Get a, why don't you get a ladder and climb down off my ass? Buffungul. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Why does he like, suddenly have an Italian accent? Uh, the plastic surgeon now rolls up to the estate, all while the van outside now has the room where the speech is being take, is taking place bugged. Yeah. So they've um, they've now taken over the feed, and they can watch it from the van. Right. Uh, and guess what? Now Riva's brought in her own crew to shoot this speech, and some idiot trips over the bugged cord and unplugs it. Do you see what happens? That's Mark? what happens. You see what That's happens why. when you run cords like an asshole? Yeah. You can... you can you can cause some injury and some guy unplugs the thing from the wall, which it should be plugged into a lunchbox, but it's not. Again. Again. Fucking idiot. So we love this is a moment that we all love. <laughs> so they lose the feed, they lose the video feed, but they can still hear audio and they're like, uh oh, what are we gonna do? Again, here's some resistance to the plan. No, they don't say, Oh no, what are we gonna do? They say, Hmm. Cable must have gotten kicked out. Yeah. What are we gonna do? And not sure. And so they while they're sitting there with you know, looking like a bunch of assholes, the the dope that unplugged it was like, huh, what did I unplug? Oh, oh shit. Oh, I guess yeah. I gotta I should probably plug them back in. Fucking lay the cables in this room. Jesus. And so he in. plugs it back in and plot I guess that's resolved now. So some, we're some back we're back in themselves. business. <laughs> yeah, you want them to be like screaming at each other like who the what the fuck happened in Faces! there? Faces! <laughs> yeah, so one of them has to like sneak in and plug it back in or whatever. But no, instead it just fixes itself. The, yeah. Some jerk is like, geez, let me get some get some gaff tape in here. Christ almighty. It's just like a barrel of snakes in here. Over under. <sighs> Power use. doesn't go over under. Power is just a normal coil. God. Why is it in the wall? Why is it in the wall? Do we want to start a fire? Is that what we want to have happen? Burn down the president's palace? Great. Palace? Great. Fine. Yeah. I swear. Get the PM. Get the PM on the phone. All right? I got a lot of things to say to him. I don't even want to ask if they have insurance. I know they I don't. Be- I bet they don't. I know I they bet don't. they don't. Reba gives her speech. <laughs> I like this character of... <laughs> like pissed off grip. <laughs> I turn. You know what I turned down for this? You know, you know what I turned down for this? National Geographic. I was gonna do Mutual Omaha. Yeah. I was gonna do real Cush gig. Yeah. Thirty weeks. Nice. Got to go all around the world. Instead, you know, here I am. Yeah. Half just, as much. Just with a oh, bunch fuck of fuck. fucking amateurs. God, I'm gonna tell you right now. You're going into a meal penalty in like 20 minutes. So you better wrap this shit up. The joke here is Andrew and I are both doing people that we've worked with, <laughs> but they're not the same person no. because every set has this person, yeah, this man who is just so mad about just everything on a production. Yeah. Reva gives her speech that she's taping here saying she will give, be giving up power soon enough, but for the time being, she, she is she's going to assume power and then once once everything's kind of settled down, she'll retire from public life. Yeah. Raul then takes the tape that they make and puts it in maybe the most obvious spot for a hidden safe. It's Be behind, behind the a picture. <laughs> behind the picture of a safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a crest that's on the wall yeah. behind Riva when she gave her speech and he opens it up. And because the jerks in the truck are watching this, they can zoom in and see the, the combo that takes forever. We watch him put Five. this combination in like real time. And he's like left seven eleven and then and then spin, he s- spins it to the right yeah then he then he locks in 
right, 22. Spins it to the left. Sneezes, moves it, has to oh, spin it around, start all over. All right, left. It takes forever. Then at the end of the act, Reva is now going to go under the knife for this age surgery. Right. Act four, Dr. Landau and the plastic surgeon decide to fuck around in the OR with Reva. They're just like standing there. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is the wife of, like, the widow of the president who just died. And apparently these two doctors that fell off the turnip truck are allowed to (laughs) not only operate on her with no supervision. Yeah. But, like, put her Under. under... like you know, give her injections. They and could stuff. just kill her. They could have like that. Wouldn't that be like the, maybe that's the reveal? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> All of this was just so they that just they just pull out a gun and they just yeah, shoot her. Not right even like there. a very elegant death. <clears throat> One of the texts takes for fucking ever to show that he's editing the taped speech we just saw. This is this takes unbearable forever, and I'm just like, why is this here? So we're cutting between. The in the truck they made their own dub of the speech that that Reva gave. Right, and we're watching one of the techs, like splice videotape, which I don't think it uh, works like that. It does. Does it? Yeah, but like it would be obvious that there was a cut. This it's not is, like film no, where yeah, where you can kind of get away with it a it. lot easier. There would be static and it would just look bad. But whatever, sure, whatever. fuck it. So he's he's like making very. He's like he listens to a line and then he stops and he marks it and then he pulls it off and then he fast forwards it and then he listens to it again, marks it, marks it again, and then we see him literally cutting and then literally gluing the like and it takes. Five minutes. It's real time again. It's, again, we're cutting back and forth between like the plastic surgery stuff, which is nothing. Nothing's happening because you can't really see it. And it's like just waving a laser around. Yeah, and this this thing. And I don't know if they're trying to raise any tension. There's like no music either. We're just we're just watching these two unrelated scenes that are happening basically. <laughs> While this is all happening, the other tech is painting Landau's limo to look like the presidential limo. Yeah. So, and Candy is getting made up to look like Reva. She's got a wig. Right. She's got, she puts a veil on In the universe of this show, things that are equally important and exciting. Yeah. Surgery. Yep. Editing. Yes. Painting a car. Correct. They're all on the same level. Yeah. Reva recovers in her bed and the doctors, the plastic surgeon and Martin Landau say that Reva needs to last longer than they thought because she's still under the anesthetic. Right. Now, when I saw this, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, they just fucked up her face. <laughs> like, Uh-oh. I was certain she was going to take off the stuff and have, like, a Frankenstein face. Yeah. Like, they were just going to destroy her. And yeah, be like, she's going to look like the pig people from that. Yeah. Do what? Do that, it now. That uh, What now, honey? <laughs> can't do anything. Yeah. Reva, um, Candy, as Reva, makes a phone call and says she wants a via at the presidential palace. She's like, yeah. bring everyone. I want everyone to see the speech. Then Peter Graves shows up and he's dressed All as a policeman. This. Yeah, <laughs> get in, get in. He's plus dressed up as a policeman for the limo. So now one of the techs is the driver of this fake presidential limo. Candy's in the back dressed as Reva, and uh, Peter Graves is is leading this one car motorcade yeah. down the one <laughs> the, the one windy the one road. road in in San Cordova, Laurel Canyon, I think. Uh, then one of the techs sneaks into the room and swaps out the the real speech for the doctored one that he just put together. Right. Again, no resistance. Nobody's 
There's just, just easy. Just walks, just walks in, in, opens the safe with the combo that he got, and swaps it out. Most of the jerks uh, in the IMF team leave via one crossing station in San Cordova, which is again, you know, think about how much like border crossing at the United States Mexico. Am I free to go? Yeah. Am I being detained? Am I being detained, officer? Uh, they um, they say, look, Riva's in the back. She wants to slip out of the country. Like quietly, we're we're gonna be leaving. Well, what got me was Peter Graves does a Hispanic accent. Yes, he does. It's very. Uh, but he's third or he's one of the waspiest looking people I've ever seen. <laughs> Miss Riva. Miss Riva, so so she, tired. She's very tired. Speedy. <laughs> Everybody's been with Riva. Sister. <laughs> Uh, Reva's leaving the country and border guard says sounds good uh, great sure Uh, he's like oh I need to I'll need to confirm this and he walks up and he just sees Candy with a veil over her face he's like I guess that's 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 her president that's her Uh, and then they also say oh you know also make sure that you like tell Avia tell everybody tell yeah get the word out there Reva's leaving Reva has left the country which you need more Reva now yeah (laughs) I think what would have been better would have been to say, don't tell anybody. You know, this stays between us. Yeah. And then, and he, then he the guy immediately tell. calls because that's what you do when you say something, say yeah. that to a border guard. Oh, oh, okay. So Avia is watching in one room while Riva watches uh, in another room the speech that's supposed to take place. And then they see that the doctor tape is being aired, yeah. which... Again, I was I was wondering how they were going to get around the fact that it's one static shot. There's no nothing to cut. There's no cuts around, but they didn't they didn't bother. Apparently, to, it works. Apparently, it works. That he he spliced up the footage to say that uh, Riva is sad that her husband died, but now she's leaving the country because that's what San Cordova needs. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I didn't I didn't say any of that," and so she rips off her bandages and she looks completely different. She's younger. She looks a lot younger. She looks like an 18-year-old yeah, or something. She looks completely young. Which I was confused because I was like, wait, so this surgery works? Like you guys can do this actually? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a great plastic surgeon. I was just shocked. <laughs> this is not what I had expected. So she runs out and she's, she runs into Avia and she's like, you you did this, didn't no. you? And Avia's like, who the fuck are you? Because Avia has just been informed that Riva has left the country. Yeah. So now there's this crazy woman that looks completely different. doesn't look anything like Riva uh, that's screaming in the presidential palace. And so Brooks he, and Dunn. Winona. <laughs> so uh, Riva gets arrested and um, then uh, uh, um, Martin Landau jumps in the truck with the last tech and just rides and on they out, get of out of there. And that's the end of and the that's episode. And that's, and that's fucking it. It was strange because there's no drama. And like that's my major complaint about the show. That is my major complaint about the show is every time you read anything when it comes to scripting or it comes to to you know like save the cat and all that bullshit, you know. Make the guy, you know, you it's likable people, you put them in a tree, you get them out of a tree. You throw well, what is it? You make a like likable guy. You get him like the second act is you somehow get him in a tree, yeah. And through the course of the second act, you throw rocks at him, and then the third act you get him out of the tree. Okay. Like that's a that's the state of the cat movie format, isn't it? Right? Am I sure. right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. Every movie has a tree in it. <laughs> I love the tree scene in Dark Knight. 
It's my favorite scene. I love the tree scene and I, the I gambler. Would, I wouldn't even know what to do if I climbed one. Anyway. I gambled my way into this tree. <laughs> Donnie? Donnie? My, my tree? Brother? <laughs> so, so, but, in, in, but this, in, this, in this circumstance. This is basically the story of Americans coming into another country, fucking shit up because they can, and the dumb people have no idea what hit them. Yeah, that like nothing. There is no, you know, there's Peter, no drama. Peter Graves no... comes in and they're just like, "Hey, we're doing a thing," and they're like, "Okay," and then they do the thing and they're like, "Hey, we're leaving," and they're like, "Okay." All right. Like no resistance, nothing. I was expecting some kind of like, okay, like this is gonna fuck up the thing, and you know, Martin Landau's hand gets injured, so he can't perform the surgery, so they're gonna have to like, now there's a ticking clock that they gotta get out. There's of town also no by... clicking. There's no ticking clock. Like no, the the assistant. I mean, technically, technically there is. They got to get it all fixed up before the speech is supposed to air at six. Yeah, but they're moving so slowly. I'm like, take your time, guys. Yeah. Take another lunch if you need to. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the assistant guy should have been on to them. Should have been like looking, finding evidence, and like building a case and coming after them. And then they just barely slip out. But instead, like. I've seen Hogan's Heroes episodes with more drama yeah. than this. Yeah, like, they have this truck outside, and he should get suspicious and, like, send in these poorly trained guards that are, like, constantly walking around. Yeah. They have these, they cut to these shots all the time of, like, these guards walking around the presidential Black palace. Lackadaisical guards. And they're just kind of, like, holding these Uzis by, like, the, you know, the, the barrel. The, yeah, they're just kind of swinging their arms and just looking real bored. Uh, and uh, instead, like... Apparently, San Cordova doesn't have a lot of shit together that, like, nobody sniffed this out. Yeah. Even in, like, the most poorly run countries, I don't think that this documentary crew could just roll up to the presidential palace and then do this uh, plot. I know it's a TV show, and I get it, but there's there's no conflict. There's no conflict. There's no drama. It's odd that it's no point does anybody say, I think this might have something to do with the coup. (laughs) No. Okay. He talks about this stuff all the time. All the time. He's dead now, so I can't ask him. But. And um, and, and it's, it's like one of those weird, like, 60s, you know, again, it, it's, it's, it felt like a Twilight Zone is what it felt like. It's like... All she wanted was eternal youth, and, and now, now she's, she's got it. it. Exactly. But she can't run the country because now she's in jail. Yeah. I assume she'd get out of jail because they'd be like, no, there's a doctor here. Raul can vouch for me. And what about the film crew that saw her give this speech where they all shot after they left? I I thought so because there's a line that Reva has there's a line that somebody has where it's like nobody can know about this and especially not the film crew and the guy's like I'll take care of the film crew <laughs> and I was like oh what about the I military advisor dead. he would know everybody would know I don't understand how they pull this off that, that like cross then they'd go back to the guard and they'd be like hey did a doctor come up through here did two doctors come up through here oh yeah yeah all oh. the doctors and they they perform plastic surgery on her right mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because, I don't know. So, apparently she got arrested, but now she's not going to be arrested, but it doesn't matter. Whatever. She's only inconvenienced for the time being, but they're going to have free elections. But it's enough free elections, I guess. IMF gets out of town. Whatever. It's a, like... It was boring. boring, It's a boring show. This episode, at least, was boring. And, you know, I like spy shows. I like spy movies. I thought the first Mission Impossible was actually not bad. Like... I like Emilio the, Estevez gets killed. I liked all the skullduggery. Yeah, he gets crushed in an elevator. Yeah, um, that was the fun of it. Was that they got like a Peter, big, they got a lot of famous people to be in the first. Yeah, and they're all killed in the ten first minutes act. of the movie. 
Uh, Peter Graves is in it. No, yeah. it's um, John Voight. Yeah, that's John right. Voight John plays Voight. Jim Phelps. Yeah, Tom Cruise plays Ethan Hunt. And I know the I know the twist doesn't make any sense. Like, why does <clears throat> why is Jim Phelps like a secret why agent? Why is he always? Why is he, he was a double agent? He's a double agent the whole time. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, but it was interesting, uh, and everyone's wearing masks as well. Bing Rams. Yep, he's in it. There were no masks. There wasn't really much disguising. Like, well, Reva was in, or Candy like, was in disguise. Candy like kind of is in disguise, but I wanted the masks. I wanted somebody to pull off their face. Be like, ah, is it what I did? I'm Nick Cage. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like, um, I can see why it's so popular. Very structured. Very rigid. Yeah. And um, you know they're doing spy shit, but this episode just didn't. I Context felt... is also important. Like as I said, like it's strange that the IMF would say like we don't like that there's going to be a dictator in this random country. So get down there and do something about it. But like this was during the Cold War. Yeah. So plenty of Americans tuning in would be like, yes, America needs to do whatever they can to put up dem- democratic republics wherever we can this show also felt real cheap that was the other thing yeah i know you have to shoot 20 episodes of their you know 20 plus episodes a season and it's all spy shit but like you know they show up and they're like okay um we have this room and we have a bedroom we have a mansion set and there's like hallway in and then granada hills we have to drive yeah we have to drive down this one road like they should there's they should have gussied it up some way as opposed to one random lone cross buck in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, seemed cheap. But whatever, what do I know? That was that was Mission Impossible. That was Mission Impossible. Anyway. Mark, uh, we're going to move on, though, to a little segment that uh, you and I really like, entitled... Everybody Loves. Well, you know what? You fucking do it. Mark, uh... Convicts love this show. Convicts really love this show. They this segment. They just really, they love all parts of it. So, Andrew, I wrote some pages. You did write some pages here. Um, Mark is Mark has taken a pass at a potential very next episode of Mission Impossible based on what we've noted over the course of the past. I'm, I'm bringing my pages. Seventeen up. hours, um, and uh, we're going to read it here for you and see if we could do a better job than the uh, the creator of Mister Freeze could do. Um, so, um, I got the pages here in front of me, Mark. What do you uh, What do you want? You be. TV announcer. TV announcer. And Jim. Jim. And I'll be set directions and um, tape and tape Record. recorder. Okay. Okay. All right. This is from the very beginning. Yeah. Interior. <clears throat> Jim Phelps' apartment. Night. Jim strides purposefully into his immaculate living room. He sits down in a wingback chair with perfect posture. Jim expertly lights a cigarette with one hand, takes a deep drag, and turns on the TV. For the first time since the overthrow of dictator General Maximo Fuerte, the island nation of Isla Cordova held a democratic national election yesterday. In what came as a surprise to nobody at all, the winner of the election was two-time Nobel Peace Prize winner Andrea Reyes. We see an image of Andrea Reyes. She is a very serious woman in a pantsuit. Jim squints at the image of Reyes. He nods knowingly. Reyes took 40% of the vote, while the other 60% went to a handful of other candidates, including the son of General Maximo Fuerte, General Mas Fuerte. Jim turns off the volume on the TV. Jim reaches under his chair and clicks on a tape recorder. Good evening, Mr. Phelps. Through the use of her mysterious and dangerous sexual practices, Andrea Reyes has stolen the office of the president of Isla Cordova. Jim nods. He knew there was something off about this. 
As you know, a woman cannot win anything outside of a baking contest, unless a man is also not participating. Nor do they belong in positions of power. Jim nods again. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go to Isla Cordova and get rid of Reyes by any means necessary. Replace her with a strong, visionary leader like Mas Fuerte. This message will self-destruct in 60 seconds. Jim turns off the recorder and looks at his coffee table. He sees an assortment of magazines with the members of his crew on the cover. He's got a GQ with Strong Guy, People with Pretty Lady, Black Man is on Time, and on the New Yorker is a photo of Martin Landau. (laughs) Jim smiles to himself. Landau always makes the trip easier. Jim stubs out his cigarette and walks towards the front door. He grabs his coat, hat, and a briefcase. He opens the door, stops, and looks back at the still, um, the, the television, which is still on. Reyes is smiling and waving at an adoring crowd. See you in hell, Reyes. Jim closes the door and walks out. We stay in the empty apartment and drift back towards the tape recorder in anticipation of the puff of white smoke signaling that the message has self-destructed. As we draw closer to the recorder, we see that there is no tape in the recorder and that the wheels are spinning endlessly with only a soft hiss coming out of the speakers. On the table, we see an assortment of crumpled mad magazines, torn newspapers, and nudie mags with electrical tape over the eyes of all the women. (laughs) So Jim Phelps apparently has lost his mind. (laughs) Was always insane (laughs) and was just seeing stuff on TV and being like, not on my watch. (laughs) Them women folk can't do nothing right. The first hint is that... The New Yorker doesn't print photographs on their covers. Oh, it's always drawings. It's always drawings. Hmm. And a black guy on Time Magazine. Well, I mean, uh, Mark, on. I'm on to you. <laughs> Ugh. All right. I didn't write any pages because I was too busy uh, uh, punching the up, punch up. Doing the punch up. So uh, the rest of you can. Uh, well, you were trying to write your pages and people would keep coming they, in. I'd be like, and they'd be I'm, like I'm I've busy. got an idea. I'm busy. Okay. I'm busy. Uh Maybe like, oh, are you? Well, if you're writing, I've got it. I got a night. I'm saying, all right, fine. Fine. What is it? What is it? Mad 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 Ghost. Hold on a second. Well, okay. Let me get my. All right, I'm I'm listening now. Tape recorder here. Here we go. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Southern Memories, Mark. If you'd like to email us, you can always do that by emailing us at botbpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. You can. Uh, listen to us on iTunes. Yeah. Leave a review there. Why not? Or even listen to us on Stitcher. 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 I thought we weren't doing that anymore. Stitcher. Which uh, you can Stitcher. go and we can listen to past episodes and enjoy all of the goodness of episodic memories. And might even go back into the the back catalogs. Our Flash episode is good. It's good. The Arrow episode's fun. Yep. Uh, Murder she wrote. It's really fun. Good things about the Monday Night Raw one? Yeah, all your favorites. Flickeringbox.wordpress.com is where you can find everything that you need to know, episodic and best of the best related. Mark, anything else that you want to you want to add to this um, 17 hour long podcast? <laughs> we'll be watching something really fun next week. It'll be great. We'll have a good time. We'll all enjoy ourselves. Just try and get through 2015 without just driving this podcast into a wall. Fucking losing it. All right, that's it. Goodbye. This message will self-destruct. Like, I mean, the messenger is going to self-destruct. It's already well, the happening. The media will corrupt at well, some I know, point. but I'm saying me as the messenger yeah. have been self-destructing for like 30 years, 30 years now. Yeah. So it's all 
Just expect this is our smoke time. just to come shooting out of me in a, in a few years. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great, everybody. That's just a really sad puff of white smoke <laughs> out of your shirt. <laughs> I just I've, fall over and I've die. Just, I'm destructed. I'm dead I'm just, now. <laughs> just a skeleton. <laughs> See you later.